comes. Where will you be when the end comes? If you got your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 1. Amen. You, you can remain seated. That's fine. We've stood a lot. I know you're in reverence to the Word. I do. We're going to read a lot of Scripture here. If you've got your Bibles, or if you want to stand, that is fine. When the, when the end comes, where will you be? Matthew 24, verse 1. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and His disciples came to show Him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these things will be. What, what things? Stones thrown down, right? Right? Tell us when these stones are going to be thrown and down. What's going to happen uh, in, in this time? And then he says, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of your age? In the end of the age. And Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. It's like a... It's like a, a a woman that, that, that is giving birth to child and going into labor and at the end of labor when it's getting close for the ch when the child is turned and it's ready, all of a sudden what happens ladies? The pains, in, the labor pains intensify and they increase. So, so he says the time for the child, the time for the birth is here. The labor pains are coming. Verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation. They will kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended and they will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will arise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. You may be seated. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for worship this morning. We thank you, Lord, for prayer, God, those that were able to come and join us, those that couldn't be here for various reasons, God, that were joining in with us, God. We're so grateful for the prayer that went forth, God, in Washington, D.C., both prayer meetings this weekend, God. One amazing one with Jonathan Kahn and the return, God, and another amazing one with Prayer Walk 2020 with Franklin Graham, both sides of Washington Field with believers and people crying out to you, God saying, God, we recognize what we have become, but God, there's a throne of mercy. We can go and obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And dear God, we're in a needful time and we come in, a, in appealing to this nation and the nations of the world. Dear God, come and help us. And Lord, I'm so grateful that that went on, but God, it cannot stop with a one-time thing. God, it has to continue on, Lord God. We have to see, God, people falling back on their knees. God, 
depending on you. The church has to return. That was the whole, the, the whole the word of that meeting was the return. We've got to return to you, God. If we don't return, then the then worst things will come upon this nation and the world. So God, help us. Put it in our hearts, God, to return to you, God. To return to you. Do it for your name's sake, not because of us. Mercy, God, mercy uh, means that we have nothing to offer you for what we're asking for, God. We don't deserve it. But God, you're a God who is merciful. You're rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 tells us. You are rich in mercy. And so God, we come to a good God, a good, good Father who wants to give mercy, as James says, before judgment. And so God, that's why right now, God, you've opened up a way to the throne of mercy. God, there's coming a day when judgment is coming. And God, we'll stand, the, the nations of the world and those who have not received you will stand before the great white throne, a throne of judgment, God. But right now there's mercy. And if there's one today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, they can come boldly to that throne and they could obtain mercy and find grace to help them today in their time of need. Save in this last hour, God. Help us to understand the times that we are living in, the seasons that we are living in. Awaken your people, God. Awaken your people, God, now in this last hour. Dear God, we pray for our nation, God. We pray for this new Supreme Court justice pick. We pray, God, that you would, God, uh, just continue to help, God, our nation to put righteous judges back, God, in the Supreme Court. We pray we would put righteous leaders, God, back in Washington, God. We pray for our presidential election, God, that no weapon formed against it will prosper, God. We pray, God, for the, for the United States of America, God. We pray that we would return and remember, God, the Mayflower Compact, God, that, that covenant that was made by a group of, of people who came over here and, and when they landed in Plymouth, God, they prayed and offered this nation to God. Dear God, we're so far from what they made this nation into and hope for this nation to become. Dear God, help us to turn back. Help us to go back to our foundation and our roots, God, and to, and to, and to go forward, Lord, being a city and a light on a hill. Father, we love you. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul also said something in regards to the end days and what would come in Thessalonians 5.1. He said this, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord shall show come as a thief in the night. Say thief in the night. The day of the Lord is going to come like a thief in the night. In other words, in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible tells us he will come. He will come and he will gather his church together. He will gather us, the Bible says, and, and, and he'll take us out of, this, out of this world, the Bible tells us. Look at what it says in verse 3 of that Thessalonians passage. It says, for when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as the labor pains of a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, 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 brethren, are not in darkness so that the day should overtake you like a thief. 
Isn't that good news? It shouldn't overtake you like a thief and you shouldn't be unaware. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. That's what we were trying to do this weekend. Watch and pray. Watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation. For God did not appoint us, thank God, to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now Jesus in Matthew 24, 43 through 47 he wrote about this and I just love this passage of scripture he, he talks about the goodman of the house and he talks about if the goodman of the house would have known at what hour the thief was going to come he would have made preparation and not allowed his house to be broken in right duh McFly that makes sense doesn't it if he had known at what house, at what time the thief was coming, he would not. He would have prepared. He would have shut the doors. He would have locked the windows. He would have. He would have secured the perimeter. He would have secured. He would have put the motion sensors on. He would have set the alarm. He would have been watching out, knowing that the thief is coming, but to steal, kill, and destroy. But he didn't. He didn't, and that's what the passage is telling us, that if you're, not, if you're outside of Christ, if you're not with Christ, that this hour is going to come upon you like a thief, like a thief when you're unaware, like the goodman when he's not ready, when he's put off the day of the Lord, and he says, my Lord delays his coming. And he begins to eat and drink with the drunkards, and he begins to smite his fellow servants, the Bible says. And, and, and that's what begins to happen when you put off the day of the Lord. That's why America, I believe, we had preachers of righteousness that stood in pulpits and thundered the Lord was coming. Thundered you would be on the back of pews, gripping the pews, waiting, thinking God. God is coming at any moment. But now we come forth and we no longer preach those things and we delay His coming. We put it out of our minds and all of a sudden, guess what happens? It opens up a vacuum like Jonathan Kahn said. And when you push God out, a vacuum comes and it sucks in all the evil of this world. And we find ourselves just the thief coming in, breaking in, breaking into America, breaking into our lives. And, and that's exactly what happens. Paul talks about if the man that was in charge was aware, he would have not allowed this to happen. He wouldn't have let the thief come in, but he wasn't aware of that. Paul also gives us the context of the last days in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, and he writes this, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? In other words, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, Paul says, You're God's building. You're God's house. You're the house of God. And he's saying, you know, this is a place, this church building is a place where we meet. But when we leave here, thank God, we take God with us. We take, it's just a building. It's just a building and a place that we gather. But we go out of this place and we leave each week and God goes with us. So now we understand the passage, which house the thief is looking to break into. The thief is looking to break into the house of God. He's looking to break into your life. He's looking to come and steal, kill, and destroy. You are the temple of God, and we are the house that the devil is doing everything in his power to break into your life and destroy. 
and to destroy you, the Bible says. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come. That's what the Bible tells us there in 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, that the world will do everything in its power in this last day, in this last time, to bring about peace and to bring about safety while the world just is uh, in chaos and in turmoil. We're going to have a time soon that somebody's going to bring in and it's going to, they're going to, politicians or some going to have, how going to try to get together and think they can offer this utopia. They can offer us this utopian end and it's going to have been so bad that people are going to be so desperate that they're going to want peace at all costs. They're going to want to come in and they're going to want to buy this peace that they're talking about. But when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come. Like a woman in labor. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's obvious that's not quite happening today while our streets are run amok with bloodshed and violence. And while the Middle East is in turmoil, but we're, here, we're seeing peace plans and we're seeing people saying we want peace in our streets. We want peace everywhere. And we're going to see this that's going to get more and more and more. And we're going to see world leaders coming on the stage. They're going to want to promise us peace and safety. Peace and safety. Peace and safety. Going to promise something that they just can't give us. And Jesus went on the temple that, uh, in Matthew 24 and He's walking with His disciples there and they're showing Him the building. They're looking and I've been there. I've been on the Mount of Olives and I've looked and it's just so panoramic. I mean, it's unbelievable. You're sitting there on the Mount of Olives and you're looking across right where the temple would be and where it was. And those disciples are sitting there with their Lord and Savior and they're looking at that building and they're wanting Jesus to look at it. Look how marvelous it is. Look how permanent it is. Look how glorious it is. God's glory resides there. It's going to be there forever. The glory will be there forever. Look at the size of the stone. Look at the strength of that building. Look how strong it is. Look how permanent it is. And Jesus stops them in their tracks and he says, Assuredly, I say, do you see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon the other that, that shall not be thrown down. And you can see them now. There is no temple there, by the way. And there are stones all around, huge stones that have been thrown down and that have tumbled down and that are still there just as Jesus said it would be. In other words, what he's saying though more in the Spirit is there is coming a moment when every security of the world is going to be thrown down. Everything you put your security in. Everything you put your trust in. You see this that you put your... You see these universities? My kid, we got to send them to these atheistic universities because, oh, they can't get a job if they don't be part of the world. And so we put our trust in these things. And he says, you see that that you put your security in? It's coming down. It's coming down and it's being exposed. It's cracking right now because you can see our universities. You can see how godless they are and how filled with evil they are and how the hate entered this country through communists and through other people and allowed it to come and get into the very fabric of our society, into the very thinking of our minds. Not only that, they did it through the AEA and the education system. They brought it into our nation and began to allow and all these things, man, we got the best public education 
system in the world. Our kids can be everything. See these stones? Not one of them will be left. They're all going to crumble. See the institution of marriage? See your, your 401k? See the stock market? All these things you put your jobs? We got the best jobless rate in the world. Never have we had better uh, no unemployment like any other time. Jesus says, see these stones? Not one of them. Not one of the things you put your security in will be left. Folks, let me tell you something. I'm not here to scare you, but I'm here to tell you, if your hope is in this world, you are going to be very disappointed in the next few days. If your hope is in America, if your hope is in the UN, if your hope is in Moscow, if your hope is in somebody fixing the problem, if it's in your job, if it's in your 401k, you're going to be very, if it's in Social Security being around, you're going to be very, very, very disappointed in the days ahead. Because he says it's all coming down. All the false trust, all the false securities, and everything we have trusted in, he says it's going to fall. The religious... The religion, the fake religion, the nauseated, sickening churches and sickening religions. If I bring judgment, I'll bring it on the house of God first. It's coming down. You better find Jesus. You better find Jesus. You better find, you better find Christ in this last hour. And He better be our security. If you're looking for security in any other thing in the economy, in the world religion, if you're looking for it in any other thing, you better find it in the, the security of Jesus Christ. So they ask Him, what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? In other words, what can we look forward to? And what will, we, what will be happening when these things, when these stones come tumbling down? When the security begins to come falling down, when all these things begin to happen that you're talking about, what should we look for? And what will be the sign? And Jesus starts out by saying this in Matthew. He says, take heed that no one deceives you in verse 5. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Remember what we said? The devil's going to do everything he can to break into this house. Right? He's going to do everything he can to break into this house with deception. He's going to come to you. And that's what he says. The signs in this last hour, the devil is going to do everything to break in the house of God's people and to deceive them. Why? You wouldn't deceive people that aren't in the house of God. They're already deceived. He's going to try to break into this house and he's tried to come and deceive us with false messiahs that will arise and claim to be Christ and some will follow them. They'll claim to have the words of this is the way, young people. This is the way to go forward from here. This is the way to find God and the Bible. Bible says they'll deceive many. They'll say, I represent God. I represent Christ. And you can know that. And, and, and it'll begin to be incredible time of an age of deception, the Bible says. Many will be deceived. And, and, and you want to know how to discern the difference? Listen to what Isaiah 14, 12. It gives us absolutely, if you want to know how to discern, it's actually pretty easy. And listen to what it says. You ought to mark it in your Bibles. You ought to open your Bible and not just look at it on the screen. Because Isaiah 14 and 12, it says this. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground. You who weakened the nations. You who broke in their houses. For you said in your heart, and here's the key. 
I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit in the mount of the congregation on the furthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds and I will be like the most high God. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, the lowest of the depths of the pit. Here's how you can discern, Dale. This is it right here. It's really quite simple. Satan's theology focuses on self. Christ's theology focuses on others. If you're in a church, and we got plenty of them, these nasty, nasty churches we have brought and these false theologies that we made up, if you are in a church that, that just promises you and the preaching starts out like this, you can be the head and not the tail. Oh, you, you, you can, you're going to be rich. You're going to be increased with goods. You're going to have need for nothing. Oh, if it starts up and say, you have a destiny, you're going to be great. You will ascend to the heights. You will be like the most high. You will be lifted up. It's all about you. It's all about a self-focus. You can be the best. You can be the greatest. God is for you. And it's all about you. And it's in our churches everywhere. And people flock to it and they love it. They love it. It's like we said yeah, last week, selfie mode. When you need to turn the camera around and see God, it's about Him, folks. It's about Him and it's about others. Quit loving yourself and love Jesus and love somebody else. Amen. My Bible says deny yourself. My Bible says God wants to kill you, kill you, kill you, kill you, baptize you, put you to death and raise you up to new life. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So when they preach, you will be higher than the stars. I've heard that before. It's in Isaiah. You will sit in places of prominence in society. You will always be healthy and rich and always prosperous and trouble will never come your way. Sounds like the slick one talking. Sounds like the devil. You will ascend above the heights of the clouds and you will be known among the people. Comes from hell itself. It's a false theology that focuses on self. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I give my life. I die to self. I give Satan's theology, be lifted up in pride, be lifted up in self. And we got it all over the world and we peddled it all over the world. And that's why, if you don't know why we need to repent, that's why you included and me. That's why we need to repent because we've become a self-absorbed society. Or we can be like Christ again and we can humble ourselves and we can become the lowest and we can take the lowest seat like James says. If a poor man comes into your congregation, how about this? How about I wish we had a race to find out like, look folks, you want to know why I park up on that hill? I wish we had a race to see who could park the furthest away so that somebody else could park near the front of the church. I wish we would give somebody else our seat of prominence and let them sit there. I wish we wouldn't be so selfish and we would begin to be so other-centered that we would just absolutely melt the heart of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
After you get saved, yes, there's a lot of focus that happens to be on us because we have been a very lost people and we come in and we say, God, save us. God, help us. God, deliver me. And there's a lot of time of God, deliver me from pornography. God, forgive me for the abortion. God, forgive me for this and forgive me for that and help this and undo the strongholds here. But at some point in our life and at some point in our walk with the Lord, something has to shift and we know that those things are forgiven and we know we're delivered from those things and we begin to shift into beginning to focus less on ourselves and more on other people. God saved the world. God helped me to go into the world. God helped my money to be used for the, for the world and for your gospel. God helped me to go to the mission field. God helped me to serve and work in the church. God helped me to go and be given for my neighbor. Somewhere the focus gets off of us and you and the focus gets back on God and being lifted God up. Amen. Yielding to the will of God for the sake of others. And that is the will of God to give, to give your life for others. No greater love has any man than this. Then he would lay down his life for a friend. Amen. And, and that's what we are. And so the focus of Christ is about others, despite what we've taught in our churches today. It's about others. It's about others. Die to yourself. It's about others. Amen. And if you're not being led to the hungry, if you're not being led to the poor, if you're not being led to the prison, if you're not being led to others and other needs, you need to check your heart and check what your religion, your religion. Amen. Pure religion and undefiled is this. To look after the widows and the orphans in their time of need. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Another sign he says. He says that, 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 that the increase of self-focused theology will just increase in the last days. The devil's gospel in Eden, what was it? What was it, Eve? You don't have to listen to him. You don't have to be restricted by rules. Look, he's holding back on you. You can do it yourself. You can be your own judge. It's about you, sister. Come on, you can be your own judge and you can know what's good for you. You don't have to listen to that stuffy God. You can listen to you. You can listen to yourself. You can go outside of this book. That book's, you know, like they say today, that book's just, oh, it's archaic. It's old. That's out of, you know, that's just, that's out of date. And man, we got some new thinking today. We, 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 we progressed forward. We moved forward and we know it all. We're lived, sound like somebody else again. We know better. We know we're smarter than that. We know, we know more than you, God. And that's the same lie he fed Eve in the garden. He said, hey, you can be your own judge. You can know your good, good and evil. You can craft your own way. If it feels good, do it. Because it's about you. It's about you feeling good. It's about you being. Find a church where you feel happy. Find a church where you like the music. Find a church where you like the coffee. Find a church where you like the 15-minute sermonette. Find a church where it's not loud and, and, and scares me when they worship. Because it's about me and my needs and my comfort. Amen? I'm sorry I'm on that for the last two weeks, but I'm going to tell you where it comes from. And then we preach that gospel to our young kids. We wrap the world around them that it's all about them and we feed that same pride into them and we need to give value and, and self-worth. I'm not saying those things. We need to encourage one another, but we also need to know who it's really about. It's about the King of Kings and about the Lord of Lords. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Other signs, Matthew 24 and 6. 
And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He says there will be an increase in angry speech and threatening. Boy, does that sound like today? Nations will start to threaten other nations. Ideologies will start to threaten other ideologies. And then he says speech will turn into violence and this is the sign of the last days. And all you need to do is turn on your television and all you need to do is listen to people and that's all they're doing. Their speech has been turned into violence. God forbid that it be turned into violence in the house of God. Amen? Listen to what he says, for nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, and there will be pestilences, and there will be earthquakes in various places. He says the world is not just going to speak about violence, but the world is going to turn into violence. It's going to turn into violence. There will be famines, plagues of locusts. If you have watched last year, we're hitting Africa. It looked like a swarm of, of a dark cloud coming over them, just absolutely going to decimate the food. I don't know if you saw it. It's unbelievable. Look it up on the internet. Absolutely bring famine and bring starvation. We have seen in this nation just with COVID, we've seen our meat processing plants just come to a halt and shut down. They're still coming. And if we don't pray, we could see more of it. And you think, well, that doesn't affect me. Oh, yes, it does. Just wait. It's affecting the world's supply of food. And it is affecting somebody somewhere. And it's causing famines in this land, just like Jesus says. And it looks like a dark storm cloud is coming. He says there will be pestilences and there will be new diseases coming on the world. Hello? COVID. Anybody heard of COVID? New There may be worse, new pestilences, new diseases that are going to come on the earth. He says part of the other signs of the birth pains and that sort of thing are earthquakes in various places. And the, these are the beginning of sorrows. And I could go on and on. What about fires in half of the... It looks like your whole western half of the state is just burning. And then he says in verse 9, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation, will kill you. You will be hated by all nations. All nations. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that, America, who loves to be loved? You will be hated by, what part of the word? All. All nations. My disciples, my people will be hated by all. And we're beginning to see that now. If you will look at, please, at Voice of the Martyrs, don't turn your blind eye anymore because you say, I can't stand it. Because you need to stand it. And you need to be praying for your brothers and sisters in China. They are burning churches left or right. They are putting padlocks on churches left and right. They are breaking into homes. And I'll tell you how wicked communism is. Just yesterday, Bob Fu, this guy who lived in China, and finally had his freedom ball. He was put into prison over there. Said yesterday while he was at the return praying, while he was praying for the nation of America to come back to God, his wife called him on the phone in America and the Chinese communists were at her house harassing her. In America. Harassing a Chinese for serving Christ. Think if he's in that country, what they're doing to him. They're pulling him out of homes. They're arresting them folks right now. Right now. 
And guess what? They got enough courage not to stay in their homes, but they meet in fields. They meet in underground. They meet in homes. They risk their lives because they know how important the gospel of Jesus Christ is and they know how important it is to meet in person with other believers. And to take it outside and risk your very life for somebody to tell them about Jesus Christ. If we don't do it, nobody else will. Hallelujah. 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 I'd rather die. I'd rather die of a disease and lead a soul into eternity than to sit into my home and to just rot away. Hallelujah. I'm not getting many amens. I don't know why, but man, preach on, Brad. Preach on. You got John MacArthur in this nation. In this nation. He and many others having to stand up being fined ungodly amounts of money for opening their church in the United States of America. And if you don't think it's coming, if you don't stand up, if you don't think it's coming here, it's coming quick. We are on a trajectory that if we don't do something quick, it is coming quick and it is coming furious and it is coming fast. It's called persecution. And it's coming to a town near you. And he said, we're seeing it in Syria, in North Korea, in Iran. Turkey is turning into, it's just going to be a bloodbath for Christians. It's just happening everywhere on the face of the earth that we're being vilified, we're being put out, we're being hated, we're being called dividers, and it's going to be blamed on us. It's being blamed on Jews right now and Christians. It's always going to be the people that get blamed for everything in this world. They're going to be the most hated people on the face of this earth. Amen? And then he says there's this great falling away coming. He says in verse 10, and then many will be offended, will betray one another, hate one another. That's another sign. In 2 Thessalonians 2.3, it tells us Jesus says there's coming a great falling away. And what that's going to be is people that say, they, they were in this church and they say, hey, uh, when all this stuff starts coming on the earth, they say, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to be hated. I was told I was, going to be, I was going to be the head and not the tail. I was told that I would never suffer. I was told I would never go through any hardship or pain if I come to Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this. And we're seeing it today. Look at, look at what COVID did. How many people that were on the brink and on the verge that just came into the house of God just playing games and now they're gone and they don't care that they're out of church. They don't care they're out of fellowship. It just really doesn't matter anymore because, because there's this great falling away and they receive the news of eternal life with joy, but they have no root in themselves. And when the persecution comes, they're offended. They're offended at that. That's why they don't want to come hear gospel like this. They get offended because I didn't sign up for that. That's not what I want. I want Jesus just to make my life a little bit better than it already is. See, my life was a trash heap. And it was broken. And it was ruined. And I hated it. And I loathed myself. And I didn't think anybody would want me. But He saw me lying in my blood. And I cried out to Him. And He chose me. And He wanted me. And He lifted me up. And He cleaned me up. How would I ever want to go back to this world again? How would I ever want to care if somebody persecutes me? How would I ever not give my life for the service of Jesus Christ? Amen.
And then many will be offended. They'll betray one another, hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. In other words, as these people are leaving the true Christ and apostasy and falling away, religious voices will rise up endorsing their journey. Oh, they're fundamentalists. You, you don't need that. You don't need that yelling down there. You don't need, you don't need to hear all that. You don't, need, you don't need to know about that. You're right. You're right for leaving. You're right for leaving that, that, that place. You're right. because They're just too narrow. They talk about the road being so narrow. You, you, you don't need to worry about that. And so as they're leaving the church, trust me, they'll have a religion for them. They'll have a religion for them with Christ that is absolutely different from the Christ of the Bible. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And this will sweep the world like we've never seen and is sweeping the world now like we've never seen. And he says lawlessness and immorality and the breaking down of all barriers. And folks, when you open the crack in this nation, when we opened the crack, when we took God out of the schools, our schools turned into hell holes. When we took God out of our society, our courts turned into a mess. When you take God out of this nation, my friend, it leaves nothing but filth. It leaves nothing but immorality. It leaves nothing but pleasure, madness. When you take God out of your universities, it just puts a lot of smart people in there that, that, that absolutely become smarter sinners. And I'm telling you, when you begin to change the laws in this nation and when you begin to open the door and say, we're just going to open the door just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, maybe sex outside of marriage is not so bad. Maybe if we teach them how to use proper uh, birth control, then it will be okay. And, then, and when we buy the lie and open the door, guess what? When you do that, all of a sudden you're into homosexuality. And now you're going down the road of pedophilia. And now it has no place where it's going to stop. The things you're going to see if we don't turn around are going to absolutely astound your mind. Well, maybe a little bit of abortion because of rape and this and that. And years later, we're cheering in New York City as we take babies, whole babies, up to term, out of the womb, and we begin to take their little lives, and we begin to jab something in the back of their head, and we begin to cheer and put them on tables and dance around with them like they're not little people created in the image of God. And folks, when you open the door up to sin, there is no stopping to how low a place and a people will go. We're arguing now for three and four mommies and daddies and men to marry multiple wives and women and, 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 and open marriages and, 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 and just things that will just uh, marry a, a child. And I mean, these are things now. Those are not things a preacher is saying. Those are things if you'll turn your television on and not duck your head in the sand. That's the things we're fighting for in this nation now. And that's why your vote matters. And that's why it matters if what Supreme Court justice gets put on the court. 
Because he says this lovelessness is going to sweep the world, this lawlessness that's going to come that will blow your mind, and you're going to stand back and say, how in the world is this possible? But here's the good news. Say that with me, because boy, that's heavy, isn't it? Here is the good news. Here's the good news. And folks, here's the good news, he tells us. But he who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to the nations, and then the end will come. Hang with me just a second, because here is the victorious and glorious part. There will be a victorious church in the last days, I believe. It may not be too big, but it will be powerful and it will be strong and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. And there will be a people empowered by the Spirit of Almighty God. And there will be a people with the ability to stand in the supernatural. And there will be a people given courage that comes only from God. And there will be a people with power in their speech and light in their eyes and character that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And there will be a people that will be given a love, a perfect love that casts out all fear and causes them to go into the marketplace and around the world and preach the glorious good news in the face of persecution they'll come back like the early church into places like this and they'll say God we just got arrested God we just got beat up God we just got insulted God we just got spat in the face and slapped in the face but dear God behold their threatenings and Lord fill us again with the Holy Spirit that we might go back outside in that place with your love and begin to speak it again and you reach through and you touch people and you heal them and you save them and you deliver them by the power of Jesus Christ. Oh my friends, there is going to be a people empowered with the Holy Ghost. Ask Him now. Ask Him now. Lord, give me Your Holy Spirit. God, give me Your Spirit. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit as You did the early church, folks. There are times now to be standing and be counted and you're going to need the Holy Spirit to do that. Amen? In other words, while multitudes are descending into darkness and falling away, there will be a victorious church rising, I believe. There will be a people. There will be a people on their faces. There will be a people that, 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 that thank God, that will come back and be empowered. That, that, that God will empower us to keep loving when the, when the love of the world is growing cold. They will be able to go out and to love the people that nobody wants to love. They'll be able to love the world. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Surely we can give our lives to go out into these streets with the love of God and tell somebody the glorious news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He tells us this victorious church will be empowered with the Holy Spirit to keep on giving when selfishness abounds. We keep coming in here despite what we see on the news or what we're worried about. And like the widow, we give our all. We put in, uh, we put in and we give to the kingdom work of God. We help our neighbor. We help the missionaries in other countries. We give to our churches. We give to people in the the body of Christ. We help serve the body and the world and we keep giving rather than becoming selfish like the rest of everybody in the world. We hold out our hands rather than pull in our hands. Amen? I'm about to quit but a little bit more good news. The victorious church is empowered to live morally when the world is being baptized with filth. It's being baptized with filth. Young people, old people, Get out from in front of that television. Please. Please. 
Shut it off. Get out from behind those devices that are absolutely poisoning your brains. Absolutely antichrist now. Filled with antichrist spirit. Filled with anti. And if you think you're not being affected by it, just keep on watching it and watching it and sitting under it and listening to it. We are so desensitized now in this nation from things that we have sat under for so, so, so long now. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay committed when abandonment is everywhere. We stay committed. We stay committed to our families. We stay committed to our marriages. We stay committed to our churches. We stay committed to ministry. We stay committed to our jobs. When we can get off and draw, wealth, uh, draw welfare, even when we have a job, we, 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 could, we could get off and get unemployment and make as much being on unemployment as we could when we can have a job. We know, no, we, we, we are committed. We're committed to those things. I'm not talking about when we lose our job and we need that assistance I'm talking about getting on it because we're lazy when we could be working we do what we we follow the book we continue and we continue pointing the way to Jesus when everybody else is pointing the finger at each other hallelujah the church will be empowered by the Holy Spirit with lamps that are filled with light to help those who are trying to escape the darkness Folks, this world needs us. This world needs, the world needs you filled with oil. The world needs you filled with the Word of God. And lastly, the church will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to have their hearts filled with praise even when the joy of the land is gone. Some of your faces look so sad and God wants to fill you and give you a Holy Ghost facelift. He wants to put a smile in your heart and joy that no matter what is going on in this world, the joy of the Lord is your strength and your song. Listen to what Peter says. 1 Peter 3.11 See, they'll be filled with praise even while this is going on. He says it's going to be, everything's going to be dissolved. Please quit living for a house. Guess what? It, I love what David Wilkerson used to say. I'm not trying to be so... I know my wife, we said yesterday, I, I tend to be a little glass half empty and she's the glass half full, thank God. So we, she said we have a three-quarter full glass. To, it's not too bad. I'd like for it to be running over. I'm working on my part. But, but there is a people that's hearts that are going to be filled, even knowing the dissolving of this nation and world. Listen to what Peter says. Knowing this, seeing then that these things shall be dissolved. Your car, your house, everything, this building, everything. Seeing then that these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conversation and in godliness? I want to look at one last scripture, Isaiah 24, because this gives us hope about this singing praise, and I want us to look at it. It says this. This is, this is when the current world, if you're reading this, this is Isaiah seeing our current world into the future when this current earth is dissolved. Here's what he's seeing, and here's what he writes, and it's pretty profound. It's pretty awesome. Listen to what he writes in closing the earth mourns and fades away the world languishes and fades away the haughty people of the earth languish the earth is also defiled under its inhabitants 
Because they have transgressed the law. I mean, sin is just, it's just, it's just, it's just mounted up to heaven. And it is just, it is, they're just under the load. The, 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 the earth is just under the load of sin now. Because they have transgressed the law. They have changed the ordinance. They have broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, the curse has devoured the earth. And those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned. And there are few men left. The new wine fails. The vine languishes. All the merry-hearted sigh. The mirth of the tambourine, uh, or, or, the, or the tambourine ceases. The noise of jubilant ends. The joy of the harp ceases. They shall drink wine with salt, with a song. Strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. The city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up, kind of like COVID. Every house is shut up so that none may go in. There is a cry for the wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. The city uh, a desolation is left. And the gate is stricken with destruction. When it shall be thus in the midst of the land among the people, it shall be like the shaking of an olive tree, like the gleaning of grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voices and shall sing. There's going to be a people, folks. Even in the midst of this desolation, they shall lift up their voices. They shall sing for the majesty of the Lord. They shall cry aloud from the sea. Therefore glorify the Lord in the dawning light. The name of the Lord of God of Israel in the coast lands of the sea from the ends of the earth we have heard the song glory to the righteous one you know what that tells me there's going to be a people that have a heavenly vision in the last day they're going to be gripped with the heart of God they're going to be filled with the love of God they're going to have oil in their lamps the love of God burning in them and all of a sudden they're going to be given empowerment by the Holy Spirit not to look at the security of the world around them them, but they are going to be seeing and hearing and doing what Isaiah said. They're going to be singing a song that will be heard all over the world from Asia, from Australia, from Japan, from Europe, from the United States of America, from Russia, from Israel. There's a group of people that begin to sing glory to the righteous one, glory to the righteous one, glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our security is in you. Our hope is in you. Our future is in you. Oh God, let heaven and earth pass away. But you and your word will never pass away, God. We worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We glorify you. Dear God, make us a people that from all corners of the earth, all corners of the earth, oh man, hallelujah. If you can find that song, even so come. But do the lyrics so we can see the lyrics. And, 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 and Lord, there's there just going to be a people, thank God, when these signs come upon the earth, dear God, that are going to just rise up in the power of Christ, in the victory of Christ. And God, they're going to believe their God. Those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. And dear God, there'll be a song, a jubilant song of praise to the righteous one. 
the righteous one. They'll see their God. They'll know their God. And it will affect the world, God, because they'll see these people that know and believe in God. It cannot be made up. It cannot be faked, God. This is going to be a people, God, that have not allowed the enemy to break in their home. And dear God, they are a people that is ready. They have taken the journey and they've moved out into the world, God, with the love and compassion of Jesus Christ. Help us to take that journey, God. Help us to take that journey now, Lord, in the name of Jesus and until you come. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.